Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. A Dear Media original podcast. It needs to be very serious, yes. and I'm going to plan this whole weekend. I got a surprise, and at the end of it, you're going to say, "Fuck you." <laughs> We're <right. laughs> I'm like, Fuck. I'm out. Bye. <laughs> I'm going to present you with these blue balls, and I got a flight to catch. <laughs> Goodbye. See ya. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. As always, we've got another episode of Back to the Beach with Kristen and Stephen. I, of course, am Stephen Coletti. And I'm Kristen Cavallari. Hello, hello. There she is. (laughs) We've got episode 10 for you guys of season two. It is titled Lies and Goodbyes. More like lies and blue balls. (laughs) Aired September 26th, 2005. And it was described to you as things get tricky when Talon Mm. professes his love to Kristen shortly before Stephen does the same. I don't remember either one of you professing your love to me, first of all. From the top, love you, don't get me wrong, was not professing my love over there. (laughs) I was just trying to, you know, pick up right where we left off, like for old time's sake, you know? So sweet. I guess I didn't think so at the time, though. (laughs) There's quite a harsh previously on because they're going to follow two main storylines in this one. It's, all right, they're still trying to get you and Talon going, and then you're going to go see me. So it's like, what's going on with you and your boys? And then we've got this wild card storyline for one episode where Casey is talking shit on Alex. She made up a a rumor. There's some sort of rumor that she's talking shit. It is like saying one of the most fucked up things you can ever say about somebody. Talking about someone's bad hygiene. I am sorry to do this to somebody in general is horrible, but especially on camera. This is so beyond fucked up. I actually forgot about this and I watched the episode back and I was like, oh my God, are you kidding? And you know, they're talking, we all know what she's talking about, okay? It's not just like you have BO. Like, no, no, like it's very personal. And Alex was the one who was like, hey, like she like didn't want anyone to say it on camera. She's like, she said I had bad hygiene trying to like soften it. It's so fucked up. It's not even funny. I feel so bad for Alex. You girls are vicious, vicious creatures. I was wondering, I'm like, Casey, who is the kind of new girl in town. I warned everybody. She hears this from somebody and then she relays it off to somebody else. And I know it's high school, but like, 
<sighs> was there not any sort of a, a filter or a stop? Some sort of like, maybe I'll bring it up to her, let her know that there's a rumor going around. Because it seems like they were close. So they had yeah. somewhat of a friendship that is like, why wouldn't she just go right to her with this? But all I'm going to oh, say, man, I'm like, everyone should have listened to me. I warned everybody about Casey. I knew she was bad news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They use that part of you just joking around with Jessica <laughs> calling somebody a slut just as, as you, you know, do you call somebody a bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but they've got you in your narration. You're like, Alex M finds out Casey has spread a nasty rumor about her. I knew that chick was bad news. And it was like, fuck, like she's not like a terrible person. She makes a horrible decision, I think, at this point. But they like make it seem like she was just bad news in the show. And it's funny that they have you saying that. It's like, I don't know if she's necessarily bad news. She made a very poor choice. Okay, that's but- fair. However, I will say, you want to know what I thought was when Alex, and I'm jumping ahead now, but when Alex and Casey had a conversation on the beach and Alex wanted to confront her about it, the fact that Casey somehow like turned it around on Alex and was like, you're evil. It's like, wait, I, oh my God. Yeah. This is like narcissism at its finest. Where like you flip everything, you turn it around, you manipulate. All of a sudden now it's your fault for something I did. And you walk away from these conversations going, wait, am I crazy? Like, oh my God, my head was spinning. <laughs> she Well, she was basically yelling at her to forgive her. Saying, hey, you need to forgive me. <laughs> she has this like line in there. Like someone into forgiving you. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, not necessarily the route I would take. And then call them evil for not choosing to forgive you I in this can't. moment. I was like, what the fuck? Oh. And it's funny because I feel like in that scene, Casey knew obviously what she was going to do. She had to go down and have a chat with Alex at the beach. So she's running through her mind everything that she's going to say, right? Yeah. It's almost like she wrote down, like, what to say to take responsibility for your actions. Like, it was kind of boilerplate, like, here's the things Uh that you say you're sorry for and tell her what happened, explain your side, and then, you know, hope that she forgives you. I think what happens is, like, Alex, who I give her a lot of credit here. First of all, you know, to to have this storyline, could you imagine the producers first coming up to her about this? No, it's so mortifying. But she handles it, I think, very well. I mean, she's, of course, embarrassed, but she's kind of laughing at herself. Like, this, I can't believe this is the fucking conversation that we're having. When we start this episode, and it's Alex M, Cedric, and Taylor, I think they're going down to the beach. And Taylor's kind of, you know, she's the one from the producers having to introduce the, the problem. <laughs> and, and then she talks to Cedric about it. Cedric was like, oh, yeah, I got a text from somebody saying, and then Alex is like, Cedric. Yeah, exactly. She doesn't want anyone to say it on camera. Like, stop, stop. (laughs) Do not go any further with that statement. Let me say it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, she made up a rumor that I have bad hygiene. And I mean, Alex, like she rolls with with the storyline for the episode. And I give her a lot of credit for that. That is ballsy and and takes uh, a lot of maturity considering it's fucking high school. I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the worst rumor thrown around about me. Did you have some bad rumors? I'm sure. I'm I'm like my whole life I've had bad rumors. Are you kidding? How much time do we have? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, some of them were true. (laughs) I remember being mortified the most when one of those kids got a hold of that love note that I wrote you. Remember I told you, I think a few episodes back, (laughs) we talked about this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you carried it around in your little purse (laughs) and then he dug through and got it and like read it all. (laughs) And it was like my most personal moments with you. Oh, I mean, Uh, I remember I was super embarrassed. Oh, wait, I have an embarrassing moment for you. Oh, okay, love this. Do you remember when we were in the halls in high school and- We had halls in the high school? (laughs) We actually did. A lot of it was outdoors, but that one room by where the lockers used to be, there were some halls. Okay. 
Yeah. Anyways, I'm not going to go over the geography of Little <laughs> Beach High School for like paint the picture of where home. exactly was I standing. So on the northwest corner, <laughs> the corner of no, okay, got it, got it. <laughs> next to the administration building, I think this was like right after the first time that you and I hooked up. Okay. There was a moment where you were walking down the hall, and I think one of your friends was near me and you weren't like yelling back to them but you were just like what's up bitches like doing what you do <laughs> and there was like 10 stairs and you had your rocket dogs on and you got like the second stair you just bit it no. and then you just went like you don't remember that i not remember that wow see you ate so much shit in the hallway and it was really funny but you handled it really well you got up and you were just beet red. Oh, I mean, you look like a man. lobster. <laughs> no, I blacked that out of my memory as well. Anything traumatic, I blacked out. We know that by now. <laughs> oh, I don't funny. remember that. It was really funny. There you go. I guess, yeah, that would be my most embarrassing thing. And I'm glad I don't remember it. <laughs> it takes a lot for me to get embarrassed, though, honestly. Like, I'm pretty roll with the punches. I can take a lot, you know? So for me to actually yeah. get embarrassed, it has to be like something pretty substantial. I'm trying to think if there's any rumors that I remember going around. I don't know. Oh, I don't like Anyways, I don't like this um, game, the rumor game in high school. Yeah, let's <laughs> this makes me nervous. Let's move on. <laughs> so back to the previously on. Yes. They've got you saying that chick was bad. And then they they kind of did you a dirty by cutting to the scene where you and Jessica are having a joke about calling somebody slut. Like, and you're obviously laughing it off. And they use that against her. Yeah. <laughs> but they're of course painting you as the villain, as they gotta do. Per usual. Then you say, Meanwhile, Talon wanted more from me. To make matters worse, Stephen had invited me to San Francisco. Like an idiot, I said yes. I was <laughs> <laughs> like, damn. All right, who wrote wow. that one? That All one right. was juicy. He's going in. Yeah. Meanwhile, we should set the record straight. I mean, we would have never done this trip no. if it wasn't for MTV. No, we wouldn't have. And you can tell I'm having this like internal struggle of it's good to see you and everything. But I also don't really want to be there. I think that mm -hmm. I don't want to lead you on which I think was kind of mm -hmm. happening by me being there is what it seemed like. And so it was a hard trip for me. Oh. I mean, it just was because I shouldn't have been there. I just shouldn't have been there. <laughs> and I also don't like that this episode, they make it seem like I'm playing both you and Talon. Again, the dinner with Talon where he's making me dinner, that is all MTV. I never so would have gone over there. There are so many wild lines. This is so mm -hmm. manufactured, this episode. Yeah, there's this one little piece. When you guys start to talk about me, everything is off camera mm -hmm. and wild line. Mm -hmm. You guys must have been joking about something. Or again, it's one of those moments where MTV is trying to get you to talk about something and you dance around it. You don't really do it. And then they, you kind of give them something to kind of give in a little bit, but it's like, eh, it'll be taken. It's like a weird context. They might not be able to use it, right? But of course, they'll still find a way. And so there's like one moment on camera where you're we like, I'm so done with Steve, it's not even funny. And then you guys both laugh. And so you could just tell that that's like on the tail end of MTV spending like 30 minutes trying to convince you to talk about me <laughs> yeah, with Talon. exactly. Guys like, I don't want to fucking talk about that. Like, I'm not going to say that. I would never have this conversation yep, here. Yep. You know, doing the push and pull that we have with them. But then eventually they get a little something and then they'll just, you know, and that's what they, they fix it in the edit. As they do. So, And they make it seem like I'm literally lying to Talon about going up and seeing you. Like Talon and I were not dating. I would yeah. have 100% yeah. told him that I was going to see you. All of that. Now I kind of understand what you went through season one where you were the player 
Now I'm like, I would never mm-hmm. do that. None of this is accurate. Or how about like when I first show up to Talon's house and he does, he goes all out for this dinner, which by the way, again, I know was MTV being like, you know, you should cook her this elaborate meal and like do all of these oh, they, things. They set it all up. Yeah, they, they set up all the candles. The they, they, they buy do, the shrimp. Yeah, yeah. They do all They're that They're like, here's shit. the martini yeah. glasses. You're going to put this in there. Exactly. Wash it. We're going to get some footage of you yes. doing it. Oh, yeah. But when I show up, what I say is, wow, this is intense. <laughs> Not like, oh, this is really sweet. I'm just like, whoa, what is going on here? Like such an asshole. All right, you guys, we're going to take a second to talk to you about Factor. This spring, you need nutritious, convenient meals to energize you for warmer, active days and keep you on track reaching those goals. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and can help you fuel up fast with ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and tackle everything on your to-do list. Looking for calorie-conscious options this spring? Try delicious, dietitian approved calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Ooh, coming out of winter, I'm going to be focusing on those right now. Factor offers delicious, flavor-packed options on the menu each week to fit a variety of lifestyles, from keto to calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, and protein plus. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long while meeting your goals. With 34-plus chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45-plus add-ons, including breakfast items like egg bites, smoothies, and more. Uh, I got to tell you a little story. So there's this convenience about Factor right now. As, as you know, I've been on the move here. So uh, I'm basically in between boxes and nothing is, is put out. I, I, I can't cook a meal, but I do have my factor. And thankfully, I can just throw that in real quick, have it ready in a couple minutes, and it has saved the day. Makes sense. Okay, you guys, head to factormeals.com slash beach50 and use code beach50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code BEACH50 at factormeals.com slash BEACH50 to get 50% off your first box. Do you remember, I want to ask you about the scene where Alex H. is talking to you and you guys are talking boys. And I, and I have written here, it's like very much an MTV moment, but I wonder, so you guys are kind of doing a little walk and talk and you sit on a little bench and you're like, yeah, Steven tries too hard and Talon <laughs> likes me too much. Yeah, oh, wow. And so, Huge problems. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm wondering because it's like, what was the conversation if you, do you remember that scene? It's, it's I think it's the first one yeah. uh, in the episode. And do you, do you remember what the producers were trying to get you to say and how like, because they obviously wanted you to talk about him and I in that scene when they probably knew the name of the episode was going to be Lies and Goodbyes. They're like, all right, we need this scene to tie it together. We need this scene to tie it together. But yeah, do you remember much about that scene? You know, I do remember that it was filmed, I think much later. I would almost put money on the fact that I think it was a pickup scene because I think it was one of the last things that we filmed. So yeah, to your point, they clearly had an agenda. They knew exactly what they wanted to get out of that scene. And that's why we're talking about both you and Talon, which there was never any overlap. So to realistically talk about both of you in the same setting, same scene as that, it wouldn't happen. It was so unrealistic. But Mm -hmm. I don't know if this was when Talon really did like me or if that was just kind of part of the storyline. Because Talon and I, I think I said it last week, we did 
kind of date or hook up or whatever for like a two week period. And we always were flirty and had fun together. But beyond that, there really was never anything there. Definitely. I mean, you've got these, yeah, just a couple storylines that we're following for this episode. And then for them to piece it together and make this whole bad hygiene like square off between Alex and Casey, which I think when they got that scene with the two of them going back and forth on the beach, they're like, okay, this is going to be a pivotal story in an episode. And then we're going to reverse engineer from there. Because then you have like three scenes leading up to that. You have three scenes after. You have Lauren. So Lauren makes random. An appearance. Her and Casey what are friends. Fuck? Excuse me, what? No, yeah. I was like, I, this is, what? I never, <laughs> never in my life have I ever seen them together except no. for in this scene. That was so random to me. <laughs> I have this scene. It says, Lauren and Casey get coffee. What the fuck? Same. Literally. I, I was like, notes. no, like, I would never in a million years put these two together. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So I think once they had that scene on the beach, they're like, all right, this is going to be a big one. Well, they probably were like, no one will film with Casey anymore. So who can we bring in? Oh, we'll bring in Lauren. <laughs> Casey has no friends on the girl. show. <laughs> I feel like she had it all planned out. She's like, I'm coming on the show. We're going to have a good appearance. Yeah. Like, I'm going to kind of stay neutral between everybody. Uh -huh. <laughs> next thing you know, she's like, throwing, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stay neutral out the window. <laughs> bad hygiene trauma. Oh, and then, all right, honey. I'm going to go. I'm going to apologize. I'm going to tell her my side and she's going to forgive me. <laughs> and then she yeah. doesn't forgive her. Yeah. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call her evil. <laughs> call her an evil <laughs> this bitch. Is her fault. That's what we're doing. Somehow this and is now Alex's Casey's fault. in. <laughs> so, I, yeah, it's funny because it seems like I was probably trying too hard at that time. It's like trying to hang on to all past things. Aww. But I feel like you well, saying that in that moment. I bet I filmed that scene after San Francisco. So that's why I was saying. Because why would I ever say uh, that before San Francisco? Listen, it was very sweet. We had a good time. We I did. Mean, we trolley. We saw some sights. We had really good food. We had nice, by the way, we had a nice dinner. Which they don't show because dinner went too well. We did. I do remember having a good time though. And you know what? And now again, I'm jumping ahead, which maybe I shouldn't do. But when we're saying goodbye outside of my hotel, I remember mm -hmm. at that point I had kind of shut down and I didn't really want to talk. Anytime I feel like people want something from me and I can't give it, I just shut down. That's like my immediate reaction except for my kids. <laughs> but I don't shut down with my oh. kids. <laughs> but I was just like pissed off at the situation because MTV was just pushing us and pushing us and pushing us. And I didn't want to hurt you or have to like, I don't know. I just remember being like so pissed off at the whole situation. And that's why clearly you can tell there's a lot of tension between us. I don't say mm -hmm. a whole lot. All I say is, Mm -hmm. you know, you're treating me like your girlfriend and that's not what I want. I think that was the only thing I actually yep. said because I just wanted to get the fuck out of there. And I was like more mad at MTV than you because we did have a good time. I do remember that scene vividly, actually, because I remember you could tell that this was obviously a huge scene for them. And they really had something made up in their mind about what they were going to do or how they what they were going to get. No matter where our relationship was at and like, because obviously at this point, like, and I kind of say it and there's like our truth there. It's like, oh, well, when we get together, it's always fun. And like, it's kind of like, you know, and you, you at this point have had, you know, new boyfriends and I've just kind of been <laughs> up in college. I think that like, it was easier for me to be like, oh, we could just kind of step back into, first of all, I'm not trying to get back in a relationship, just like step back into like old times, yeah. like have fun. Like we would, we get together with like, eh, we throw a caution to the wind and like, there's no love lost on as far as like being able to just hang out and have fun. Mm -hmm. Right. And they really wanted it to be me trying to continue a full-blown relationship with you. Right. And you being like, please stop doing that. 
you know, <laughs> like get away from me. <laughs> Obviously, you're up in San Francisco. So I remember them really feeding specific lines. And look, it, part of it, I think, is real. Like you could tell that you're like, I don't want to give you the impression. There was a back and forth for a while in front of that hotel mm-hmm. and what they wanted to get. And it was super awkward because it was like, well, this fucking sucks. I know what I know how they're going to use this now. Mm-hmm. Trying to avoid that. But like, you know, I'm playing a little bit to like for them to get what they want. And that's why when there's that scene the next day, which by the way, it's all cut up because some of the stuff that I'm wearing when we're cruising around on the day, on the day of our date, I'm wearing the next day and it's supposed to be like our little goodbye moment, right? Um, So anywho, it's it's them just reaching to piece everything together to fit the storyline that they needed for that episode. But I remember like they really wanted me to talk about how I felt when I was around you. Yeah. Like what was it like when I got back around you? Which I do remember and it is honest and sincere is that it was easy for me to just fall back into our old ways and like wanted that to like why we spent time together. Like Mm -hmm. why not? Like we could still have our fun. You're single. I'm single. We do that when we go our separate ways. You know? But they really wanted to make it more about like me thinking that we need to get back together and all that. So (laughs) it's an interesting little dance that's being played there. There's some truths over here, but then there's some really forced lies over there on on their part on trying to make this happen. And it's interesting to see how it's all pieced together in the end. And they really made it seem like I was over being in San Francisco. I hated the city. I hated being with you. I'm yawning at these beautiful fireworks. I'm like, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. And anytime you're being sweet and saying nice stuff, I'm like, yeah, I just need to be single right now. <laughs> it's like, oh God, I mean. <laughs> and I actually, to your point, I remember having a decent time up in San Francisco. My over it attitude was more directed at MTV, but of course it came off to you and just the whole situation in general. There's the scene a little later on, you're getting ready to go. And we've got MTV's favorite Swiss Army knife, Alex H. Are you excited to go? (laughs) And you're like, I just don't want him to take it the wrong way. And then Alex again is like, he's been wanting you to come up this whole year. Not true. Not true? (laughs) Are you sleeping in his dorm? Which Can you even do that? No, but yes. But like, I remember thinking like, Oh, sick. Kristen's getting a hotel room. Like, all right. Like, maybe we can party at. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny that they got who's saying, are you going to sleep in his dorm? Of course, you know, just all the little college yep. uh, staples, if you will. I love um, it. There's also a little funny part where <laughs> I do love this moment. After MTV kind of has you talk about where Steven and, and Town's feelings are towards you, and Alex and Who's is like, just kind of like, what? like, how do you do this, right? And she goes, what do you do? You're like, I don't know. And then you're like, wait, oh, what do I do? Like, <laughs> how do I do this? She's like, you seem to always get the upper hand. Yeah. And then you just, of course, give yourself the shit. You're like, eh, because I'm a bitch. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, know. It was classic. I know. It was really funny. Wait, what did I write down? Hold on, I wrote something down. I was going to say, while you're looking at that, then back at your house, before you're going to dinner, there's total wild lines from MTV that everything's off camera except for the very end. What's off camera and what's wild line is, isn't Talon making you dinner tonight? Yep. Are you going to tell him about your trip to San Francisco? Nope. And then you're in, you're in the <laughs> closet going, nope. Which to something else or yeah. who knows what. Yeah, but then not that. The very end of their little piece, they have a genuine nope. And then, you know, I feel like that's a good button for what they needed to get. And then they move on to the next scene. And it's like, oh, that was like, her saying nope was real. So Right. Oh, so that whole, uh, that whole conversation must have been real then. Yeah, no. Yeah. I guess people did question a lot of it. That's why in five episodes of the first season, they had to put up that, that title card. That was the biggest question. Was it real or was it not? And I mean, it is it, yeah. such a complicated answer because some of it is and some of it is not, you know? And that's why I think forever it's been the number one question that we've always gotten. And obviously even sitting here breaking it down, I mean, 
We've discovered so much. At least I know I have mm. just going through oh, everything yeah. and your perspective on what they did to you. Like, mm-hmm. I really walked away from the show being like, they really, you know, fucked with me. And I never imagined they fucked with everybody the same way they fucked with me. But they clearly did. And that's been really eye-opening for me was, yeah, I was edited a lot, but so was everybody else, you know? But then there are these moments of truth too. So that's why you're like, I don't, is it real? Is it not? It's confusing. Of course. And that's what they always have to fall back on. I mean, they trained us in their little quick 40 minute media session before we went to the VMAs and our only media training that that we ever got from them. They were like, just make sure, you know, when everyone talks about the show and asks you about it, this is your real life. You tell them it is real. Everything is real. And they were really emphasizing that. And it's because obviously they knew what they were doing behind the scenes, which is taking all sorts of crazy liberties and sensationalizing our lives, which look, at the end of the day, Chris, if you feel this as as well as do say so, I don't hold any sort of a grudge against them. Mm-hmm. I enjoy calling it out now and kind of picking it apart, going and getting in the weeds of like, fuck, like what were they going? Because at the end of the day, it's their job. They're supposed to make a fucking entertaining television show that has people coming back every week and they're going to sell soap and cars. And look, what that takes is sensationalizing these people's lives. And to be able to have a unique opportunity of of taking amateur talent, if you will, talent loosely at this point in our lives, (laughs) we're mumbling (laughs) as our shitty language and mumbling through things. And yeah, (laughs) amateur individuals and using the foundation of stories they've heard from their life and trying to set up moments to recreate that and then also edit it into their spin of the story and then see how else it can thrive and what else happens. So it's kind of a fascinating thing. Yeah, I haven't really thought about it like that until we've gone through this podcast. It really has been interesting and my hat's off to them for what they created. For sure. Considering what they had. And I mean, it's delicate stuff when you're dealing with 17, 18 year olds. And we do love the crew. We love the producers and the directors and the writers that would come on to our little scene and and say, hey, we need this line for you. And then like scurry off. We never really see them again because they're talking to kids. I mean, I just could only imagine that first phone call. It was probably Jessica Reynolds, actually. Give her a shout out. She was our talent producer who wrangled us everywhere and dealt with Mm. our, you know, (laughs) mature little- crazy asses. uh, (laughs) Knucklehead. Yeah. Personalities at that point. And, you know, and I do remember having these underhanded, soft conversations, kind of like, would it be comfortable if you did this or you talked about this? And we just did a dance until we kind of came into a place that like, all right, we felt like we're at peace of like what we would go shoot. And then we'd go shoot. There would be another dance that would be played, right? And they always had the upper hand because at the end of the day, they're, you know, producers of a TV show. It's a powerful position. And you've got kids that have signed up to be on the television show. So Yeah, and they're going to get what they want. I mean, I think that was like my biggest issue with it. You know, at the end of the day, yes, they are making a TV show. I do not fault any of the producers, anybody at MTV. They had a job to do. My biggest issue with it back then was we were so young and we were in a really vulnerable state where they manipulated situations in a lot of ways where now... If you do a reality show, you know going into it, okay, this is not going to be... Nothing on TV is real. I don't think unless there are Mm -hmm. cameras with you 24-7. But even then, you still have to edit together storylines. So you know that. Reality TV is a different thing now. And because we were in high school, I mean, we were kids. We were. I had just turned 17 when this started. I mean, when you don't even know who the hell you are and they're messing with real friendships and relationships, that was tough for me. It was really hard. 
But I don't regret it. 100%. I don't regret anything, and I'm yeah. really happy I did it. Even with this episode with Alex and this bad hygiene thing, I mean, that— That's heavy. That storyline and somebody, yeah, who is, doesn't have his thick skin yeah. at this point in their life, that could alter your life for a long time. A hundred percent. It could be the, the catalyst that sends you on a trajectory that is unfortunate, that leads to a lot of bad things. Mm-hmm. And so, man, it's an interesting game that they're playing. They're playing with fire when you're dealing with 17, 18-year-olds. But I think from there, that's why they didn't really go back. I know they did a couple more seasons, but by then they had really they had honed their craft of how they were manufacturing the storylines. They were leaning in. And then you go to the hills. I mean, that's just... The Hills was known for like, everything is completely fabricated, yeah. correct? Everything I did on the Hills, or I'd say 98% was bullshit. <laughs> but you know what? It's very different situations for me because The Hills, going into it, I knew this character that they wanted me to play. And we mm-hmm. only filmed The Hills three days a week and it was three scenes a day. So I had a very separate life, not on camera. And I knew... That was the key to success for me personally or mentally, I should say, was separating the two because that's for me where it got a little tricky with Laguna was real friendships, real relationships being messed with. So the Hills, I came into it and I said, oh, well, I remember my first day filming the Hills and I was like, whoa, people don't know what's real and what's not real anymore. So I just decided I'm going to keep everything separate so that there's no gray area And then I played it up and I had a lot of fun. I actually really enjoyed doing The Hills because I looked at it purely as a job. And that was the difference between the two for me. Yeah, you're playing a character. Yeah. Well, that was really smart. Thank you. By the way, even though we know that MTV is probably shopping for talent and and setting him up and letting him know what he's going to make, I do like the focus that he's got in making you all, you know, he's preparing the food and cutting out all the little shrimp (laughs) off. It was was very sweet. There is another classic wild line where when you're talking about going to dinner, Alex says, you know, you really should tell Talon you're going up to see Steven. It's like the last thing at the end of the scene. It's really weird. They just wanted to make Um, it seem like I was playing both of you guys. Well, and then even when the girls tell Talon at the beach that I went up to San Francisco, I mean, he actually genuinely seems bummed, but I also think Talon was a good actor. So I would, again, put money on the fact that he knew I was in San Francisco and probably didn't really care. (laughs) Yeah, I think that the funny thing is, is when they keep called, they're like, it's a closure weekend. The Talon's like, oh yeah, for like the 15th time, like closure. All right, next weekend, closure. Next weekend, closure. Uh This closure weekend thing is totally an MTV storyline that they're now pushing on to Talon and, and Alex H and Jessica at the beach. So can we like talk about the fact that, you know, Kristen's gone up there to see Steven and, uh, and it's for closure, but like, <laughs> is it really? I mean, they always go back and forth, yeah. you know? And so they, they're going along with it and they made a seemingly genuine scene or sincere scene out of what MTV really needed to get from them. So I thought they did a good job in that scene. So yeah, we give them kudos there. Yeah. Talon with his acting no, too. No, I, I agree. And I think at this point, Everyone was just giving the MTV what they wanted. It was like, great, let's just get it and move on with our lives. Because we know at this point, they're going to get it one way or another. So let's just make everybody's lives easier and just say whatever the hell they want us to say. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So back on that scene when we're down on the beach, or not we are, but the girls are down on the beach, which, by the way, the beach chairs... I think there's the same set of beach chairs used in every single episode. Those are MTVs. Because it's, it's MTV's beach uh-huh. chairs, which is funny. I keep seeing the same beach chairs. I don't think I even owned a beach chair in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I couldn't afford one. I just got a towel. Yeah, we all I got we a towel. Yeah. That was given to me for free. Yeah. It's funny. So the girls are sitting down there and then they go and have a chat. And then we have a very real scene, right? Yeah. I mean, the girls are going back and forth and the feelings are are sincere. 
And yeah, I don't think it goes as well as, as Casey thought it was going to go. Alex is like, well, I like the truth that she gives her there. I mean, she's like, look, I just don't like you. And that's that. And, hey, you can't, and you can't argue that. Like, like, all right, well, what are you supposed to say? Yeah. So she, Casey leaves. And then Morgan's just like, well, another day at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> so great. So that was a really funny line. That was great. So we did a bunch of stuff on our little San Francisco trip. We toured the city. We went out to dinner. Now, when I, the thing that I had planned, a little surprise for you, which is is that scene at the very end. Fireworks. Um, well, not at the very end of the day. Yeah, where we're up on Twin Peaks, yeah. which is an area in the middle of San Francisco with an incredible view of the city. We would always hang out up there, my buddies in college and I. Which I should say, we got to give a little shout out to my buddy Vigo. Oh, yeah. Because the poor bastard had to hang out with me and do all this stuff with MTV. And then they didn't use a single line from him. Oh. So he's just chilling. <laughs> he's just poor guy. Gone. He's like, shit, all, everything got cut. <laughs> Another thing I remember, I, I should call myself out here. So I don't even look at you, you're, you're talking shit, but you're just getting what MTV needs you to get saying how you're like, oh, like Steven tries too hard and Talon is- Likes me too much Talon. or some shit. Oh, likes you too much. <laughs> so I shot scenes setting up our little weekend. And I was talking to my buddy Ryan, who you see there about like, he was like, well, what's going to happen with you and Kristen? And I'm like, oh, like nothing's going on. Like she's up here for the weekend, but like, hey, if she like, wants to have a good time. Like, I'm not going to have <laughs> a good down. time with her. Like, we, we have a lot of fun together. And then I think I said some things where I was like, she could just come up here and like, we could have fun for a weekend and then we'll just go our separate ways. Like, it's no big deal. Like, we're not in a relationship anymore. It's something along those lines. And they wind up not using it, of course, because that's too much of me having a casual attitude about- Yep. Uh, no, we need you, you know, to be in weekend. love. <laughs> yes, it needs to be very serious. Yes. And I'm going to plan this whole weekend. I got a surprise. And at the end of it, you're going to say- Fuck you. Yes. We're right. <laughs> like, I'm out. Bye. <laughs> like, I'm going to present you with these blue balls and I got a flight to catch. Goodbye. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I did like the scene, even though they cut it up and they used these wild lines and like we're kind of bouncing off each other from the back as they're looking towards the fireworks and they put in, Steven, stop. Oh my God, stop, Steven. I know. <laughs> no, that's like not what was happening in the moment. Like we were just... <laughs> We had a, a good time hanging out, but it was, to your point, I think I could tell that I was more casual about us hanging out. Like, oh, let's have fun yeah, as we do. I was a little As I say, out. nine times during the first season of Laguna, like, Chris is a really cool chick. She's really fun, you know? She's like super cool to hang out with. <laughs> That's all anyone ever said about me, but she's not girlfriend material. She's fun though. <laughs> I got it, guys. I get it. <laughs> so we had fun, but they, they just dropped it a bunch of little wild lines. I will say it's a big moment from you Old habits dying hard for me with you. I give you more credit for, I think, the idea of like, all right, we can't do the little game that we've played for like so many years. Like, we do need to move on here. So right. I think you are in a more mature position <laughs> with our relationship in general, friendship or together, as opposed to where I was thinking, being the dude, you know, being like, oh, you know, we'll probably hook up. It'll be cool. Yeah. You know? And then and then things will just go back to normal, which clearly yeah, we had like, whatever. Like, I don't even really care. <laughs> yeah. I don't even care. Just like, I'm over her. <laughs> yeah. Which I, th I that's what I said. I was saying stuff like that. I was like, oh yeah, I totally don't even look at her as the same anymore. I'm like totally over her, but like, I'll have a good time with her. And then I came to San Francisco and you were like, like wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean, girls do mature faster than guys. And I think, yes, I knew that we shouldn't be in this limbo phase of friends that hook up or not or whatever. Like at that point, it was like, we can't keep doing this. And 
we both knew I wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for MTV. So I had to stay the course, keep my eye on the prize. And I think I was dating Sam, honestly. I really think I may have been dating Sam. Oh, shit. All right, everybody, we're going to take a sec to talk to you about ZocDoc. How many of you have been in a situation where you got something going on, you're probably searching online, but you're not getting the answers that you're looking for, and you're thinking about asking maybe your family chat or your group chat with friends about whether or not they have any advice on some sort of ailment you might be dealing with? Well, let me just tell you, you're extremely unlikely to find quality medical advice in those group chats. But you can find it from a doctor on ZocDoc. So instead of sitting there and stewing about that health problem you have, wondering what you should do, you need to check out ZocDoc. Go online to ZocDoc right away and look at all that they have to offer to get you the care that you need. Listen, thousands of medical professionals on ZocDoc are there to help you right away. They listen like a friend and give you the expert care you need that even though we loved our loved ones and friends, they cannot offer to us. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them and treat almost every condition under the sun. When you're not feeling your best and you're just trying to hold it together, finding great care shouldn't take up all your energy. That's where ZocDoc comes in. Using their free app that millions of users rely on, you could find the right doctor that meets your needs and fits your schedule. Book an appointment with a few taps in their app and start feeling better, faster with ZocDoc. Okay, you guys, go to ZocDoc.com beach and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash beach, ZocDoc.com beach. Okay, you guys, we are going to talk to you about another podcast that's new. It's called The Social Dose. So here's the thing. In true millennial fashion, adulting is real and we're massively guilty of it. You know the feeling. Your group chat is blowing up and notifications are piling in from your friends. By the time you finally catch a break from the day, you're left digging through endless texts filled with link after link to different TikToks and tweets. You're lost and feeling left out. Totally left out. No one wants to be left out. More often than not, it's hard to keep up with all of the recent happenings on social media. Life gets in the way, but that's okay, you guys, because this new podcast called The Social Dose has you covered. Its wonderful hosts, Paris Nicholson and Michael Judson-Berry, are both influential content creators and were just recently on Worst Cooks in America. You go, guys. That's right. Each week, they'll serve your weekly dose of social's most important stories. So think The View or Chelsea Lately or even The Soup, but covering all things social media. Each week, three times a week, Paris and Michael, plus special social correspondents, will take you on a fun and funny 20-minute ride through the most talked about conversations conversations and happenings across socials, aka your new destination for daily roundups of all the best news, viral gossip, insights, and beefs from TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and more. Ooh, TikTok beefs. (laughs) So join them every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday where they dig way too deep into all of social's most popular trends, bring you up to speed on the most talked about videos or posts, and cover stuff we've all seen and just need to talk about. Thankfully, their screen times are disgustingly high, so yours doesn't have to be. Awesome. All right, you guys. From something else in Sony Music Entertainment, listen to The Social Dose on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Well, we have our little goodbye. This is the end. I think this is my my last scene in, in the entire show, right? Is it? No. I mean, sure it Surely is. you're at the, the party at the end of the season, no? At Lauren's house? Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> There's this landslide as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. More to come from you. More to come. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have anything left? Or I would this, imagine, the Steven, end? there is no freaking way our last scene together is in San Francisco. MTV would never, they would never let that happen. It's a good goodbye moment, though. It's like, we kind of like, all right, even in like the perfect opportunity for us to like fall back into old ways, finally somebody is like, no, we can't. We can't do it anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit. Aww, but it just still are. feels like it used to. <laughs> Moving on. I don't remember a scene, but I would guess that this is not the end of us. There's no way. All right. Well, we will stay tuned. I guess we're going to find <laughs> See out. See what happens. We're going to find out. All right. Well. Ratings. You want to go first? Okay, sure. I gave myself a C because they really made it look like I was playing both of you boys, which I was not. And I just looked like I was... Playing with my emotions. I was playing with your little heart. And I looked like I just was in a <laughs> shit mood in San Francisco the whole time, which also was not real. But so just not my best moment. What about you? I'm going A. Oh. I'm feeling good about it. Okay, like wow. it's just, This is a more of a little grown-up episode, okay. I feel like. For me, it's emotions are in check when expectations were not met, which I think is a okay. key. We're showing some growth Look there. A little bit of better judgment on camera. You say earlier on in another episode, I think it's of this season, that like, I just get immature. Like when things aren't going <laughs> the way I expect, I just like act immature and can't really handle it and just, I don't know, clam up or something. And I think that it could have gone that way in this episode. Yeah. I think MTV was maybe expecting that because yeah. they were kind of pushing for that. But we just are like, well, all right, I'm just going to be chill and kind of go our separate ways, if you will. And we do. So look, I'm going to take it as an A. I think we are growing up a little bit and making more mas- mature decisions, even if it comes through you first. <laughs> I hear you loud and clear. <laughs> we go our separate ways. We still had a good time together, even though we knew, I think, early on from when you stepped foot in San Francisco that like this wasn't going to be like a Stephen and Kristen hookup weekend. So Look at that. Hey. College Stephen gets an A. He's growing up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What did you give the audience rating? I'm going C. This episode is random to me. Mm-hmm. I think uh, overall having the San Francisco storyline is this bad hygiene thing is fucked up. I think to an audience, it's like, okay, is this the whole reason this Casey girl has been kind of introduced through the first yeah. nine episodes of the season? Yeah. It's because they want to have this one moment where these two fight on the beach. It is a real moment. So then let's reverse engineer everything else. But I don't know. Other than that… You know, there's no storyline with her for me that I'm invested in. Mm-hmm. So it's like, maybe that's an interesting moment. Even the, yeah, Casey and Lauren. If I was like audience, I'm like, what? Wait, who's the, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. It was, What'd you give it? well, I gave it a B. It was a pretty random episode. I gave it a B though, because I feel like having us back together was good for the audience, even though it didn't probably go as some people hoped or planned or whatever. I do feel like it was nice to see us together again. I also mm. think the Casey drama was a little of a jaw-dropping moment. Like, wait, what? This is actually happening? So there were some good yeah. elements. But yes, to your point, it was it was a random episode. It felt like a filler episode for sure. Definitely. What's the do-over for you? So I wish that I opened up more to you in San Francisco just about where I was at instead of not really saying a whole lot, standing outside of the hotel room saying goodbye to you. Mm. I felt like you were trying pretty hard to communicate and just have an open dialogue. And I really wanted no part of it. Hey, I appreciate that. I could also see there's a protection in there. I think in that scene where we're standing out saying goodbye and we're trying to do our dance with what the producers need and us talking. And I'm just like, oh, you know, it's just, it's easy to 
kind of fall back into mm-hmm. old ways with you. And then, but then I'm like, oh, but I'm good. I'm, I'm over <laughs> it in a way. And I'm sorry, I say that. And then you're about to say, but like, oh, you're not. Like, you're still acting. You're still treating me like you're like I'm your, your girlfriend. girlfriend. Yeah, but you kind of, you underhand toss it. And you, I think had you and I been in private, you would have been like, yeah, you're still like, you're you're all over me. Oh, this is, I think you were looking out for me in that moment while still understanding you needed to give something for MTV. So I appreciate you, what you just said there, but mm. yeah, it's all good. <laughs> as far as my do-over, I think once I saw you roll up in the Ed Hardy shirt, fuck, should have been abort mission. <laughs> abort, hey, no surprises. I would not have blamed Who you. Who is this person? Literally. I don't know this girl. Get her the <laughs> hell out of here. I was really zero moves. supporting a lot of Ed Hardy here towards the end. Girl, what are you thinking? I think they sent us a bunch of That's free shit. That's because you were getting free shit, though. I That's know. the thing. It's like, oh. it, it's the double-edged sword. Ooh. Don't just always take free shit, people. <laughs> you, you're going to end up having terrible style. I learned that later. <laughs> Learn from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, quote. Okay, when we're watching the... <laughs> When we're watching the fireworks and it's the smiley face fireworks and you're like, look, you know, like smiley faces. And I'm like, oh, my God, (laughs) like making fun of you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What's yours? (laughs) That is funny. Okay, I've got Alex M here. When she's talking to Casey on the beach, she's like, what am I supposed to do? Be like, Case, hi. I'm like, fake, and I really like you when actually I don't like you at all. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. That's a great quote. I love and it. And then, yeah, Casey comes back and she says, then you must be an evil person. And she's like, don't call me evil. <laughs> I love it. And she's like, I'm over it. I don't want to be your friend. So I get like credit to Alex here. I think she handled herself very well. Again, that girl calls her evil after she has been helping spread a rumor about her. And she kind of just like, she rolls with the punch and like just kind of throws it back proverbially in her face of like, what the fuck? Wait, what are you saying? Oh, so this is a moment I wanted to bring up. She's yelling at Alex. You forgive, you know, don't forget, but you forgive. And she's saying that to her face and you could pick up the last time after Casey says you forgive, you can hear on her mic, Alex laughing, but they they immediately cut to what they need for the scene, which is, Alex saying something like fighting back, you know, and just pushing back something, maybe a couple sentences later. But after she says this, like really forced, like probably rehearsed in the car, like you forgive, you know, like you don't forget, but you forgive. And she says it and she's got this like, you know, she's (laughs) really adamant about it. And Alex, you could see she laughs and she kind of looks off to the side, but then they cut back to a different moment with her. But you can hear Alex laughing on Casey's microphone, which is- I love that you caught that. I did not notice that. Yep. Very good. Anywho. Good random episode. (laughs) Well, thanks for coming to San Francisco. You're welcome. It was so great. I think that's the only time I've been to San Francisco, actually. Maybe once other, another time when I went to Napa, I flew into San Francisco. But yeah, I've only ever spent any actual time in San Francisco with you. So maybe I need a redo. I should probably get back at some point. All right, guys. Thanks to, for tuning in here. Mm-hmm. We'll be, uh, of course, back next week. Kristen, what's do we know? Where do we go next week? Oh, God. Next week is not my best moment. <laughs> it's a fiesta. Uh-oh. I do some fucked up stuff. Don't tune in next week, but we'll see you in two weeks. What do you mean fiesta? Our Cinco de Mayo fiesta. Alex Hooser and I had a fiesta. Of course, they don't say it's Cinco de Mayo, but that's what it was for. My favorite holiday. I was blackout hammered and some dumb shit. Ooh, Cinco de Mayo. So I, I assume that there's some... There's probably some tequila involved in this. Just a little. Honestly, one of the drunkest I've ever been still to this day. I'm not even kidding. And that's not an excuse for what I did, but we're going to break it down next week. But if you don't want to tune in, it's all good, honestly. (laughs) We can just skip over to the next one. If MTV is like, all right, how do we get the Cabo vibe 
in Laguna. Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Like two weeks after Cabo, by the way. (laughs) Tequila flows. Uh Let's do it. We're throwing a fiesta. Um, All right. Well, I'm looking forward to this one. Yep. There you go. We will see you then. (laughs) Tune in for me, but don't tune in for Kristen. And we'll maybe see you next week. Yep. Hopefully not. (laughs) Bye. listening to Back to the Beach with me, Kristen Cavallari, and the best ex-boyfriend ever, Stephen Coletti. We are so stoked to bring you along on this journey back through Laguna Beach with us. You can find us on Instagram at at Dear Media Studio, hashtag BTTBpod, at Kristen Cavallari, and at Stephen Coletti. Got any questions about the show? Give us a call on our Back to the Beach hotline, 1-844-LAGUNA-0. And if you like our show, please make sure you follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this so you don't miss an episode. And don't forget to leave us a rating and a review. Back to the Beach is a Dear Media production hosted by Kristen Cavallari and Stephen Clay. Our show is produced by Rosalie Atkinson. Post-production by Amanda Vandekar, Michelle Harrison, and Taylor O'Connor. Music supervision by Jonathan Lane. Our theme song is Come Clean, written by John Shanks and Cara Diaguardi. Cover composed by Steve Shebby. And our executive producers are Jocelyn Falk, Paige Port, Michael Bostick. Special thanks to producer Liz Bruno at Balto Creative Media for her help on today's episode.